This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 28th, 2021. Living your best life feels like home. kids. I think Brianna and Marco Daly are back there. Is that you guys? Well, we're glad you're here. They're in college too. We have a lot of college kids, so we love you guys. Glad you're here. So good morning, Connection Church. Good morning here in the sanctuary, out there, wherever you are. Yeah, yeah, good morning. So this is the last week of our series, uh, Living Your Best Life. And this morning we're going to talk about It Feels Like Home. Yeah. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are honored that you're here, both online. We've got a lot of people who are normally here. Penny is in Maine. Murray's in Alabama. We've got Cheryl and Ray. They're in Pennsylvania. Courtney, in a different Courtney's in Georgetown. Um, there's a lot of people that are traveling, and so we are so glad... Barry and team, thank you for the virtual worship that you can continue to provide so that we can be one church, many locations. Yeah. Let's go ahead and pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for drawing us here this morning. It's not an accident that any one of us are here or online. You have something to say to each one of us. And so open our hearts, open our minds that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, here we are, Thanksgiving weekend. We had three Thanksgiving dinners. Thursday with Devin, Friday at our house. Aaron had to work, so we moved everything to Friday. And then we had another Thanksgiving dinner last night, leftovers. And they're still leftovers. And they're still leftovers. <laughs> we hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful time. You know, this is the busiest time of year as far as travel goes. You, you know, we, if you're watching the news, it's all over the place with the cars and the, the lines at the airports and everything. And why is that? Well, that is because everyone is trying, not everyone, but a lot of people are trying to get home for the holidays. Like for our family, on Christmas morning, we'll be going over to be... Cam oh, did I mention you, Cameron? I'm looking right. Okay, good. Um, so I'm looking. Oh, sorry. All right. So on Christmas morning, we are headed over to BWI, and those doors will open, and there will be Megan and Ted and Isabella and Adeline. Megan's our daughter number two, and they're flying in from Houston to be home. All 18 will be in the nest for a week. Hello. will be... <laughs> Chaotic and lots of fun. Yeah. There we uh, go. Family's important to us, and it's about coming home. Home. So Webster tells us that home is the place where someone lives, right? That's pretty simple. House, condo, apartment, early service made me realize also travel trailer, mobile home, tent, lean-to. Uh, you can take it from there place where we live, but you and I both know that a home can be so much more than that. So much more than just a structure, a dwelling, an address, an abode. Uh, so much more than a place made out of wood and drywall and shingles and shutters and brick stone and cement. Uh, more than just a place that some construction workers put together, something that we go to and from every day, something that we, most of us, pay a monthly rent or mortgage on. It could be more than a place where we just eat, sleep, spend our non-working hours. Home can be so much more than that, can it? In fact, uh, the question then is, so what is home? What does it mean for us to go home? Not just to a house, but what does it mean to go home? So we attended Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C., and we had an awesome professor. His name was uh, Dr. Meeks. And he wrote a book called God the Economist, which meant, means he talked about that there is enough for all. Sometimes there feels like a scarcity, but that's not God's economy. And so he gives this very interesting definition of home. Now, there's another uh, guy, Reverend Dr. Ronald E. Valet. He expands on the definition of home in, in a book. And so here's the result, Dr. Meeks's foundation with some input from Dr. Valet. And we have basically four points this comes down to. Point number one, home is where everybody knows your name. If you remember the old cheer show, that's what it sounds like. Everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your name. And if they know your name, they know your story. They know your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations. Home is where most people gain a sense of identity so that they know who they are. For many, for many gathering at the table at home for dinner 
This was true in our house growing up. That is the occasion when people's lives, when each person's story is updated and touched on again. We had dinner basically every night, 5.30, and that's where we shared the day's stories and, and updated each other on where we were. Yeah. Number two, home is also a place where each person can expect to be confronted, forgiven, hoped for, and loved. Three, home is where there is always a place for you at the table. Each member of the household is accepted and loved for who they are. And number four, home is where what is at the table will be shared with each member of the household, whether whoever's at the table. It may be uh, extended family, it may be friends, but everything is shared at that table. To be home is to know that what is on the table, what is available, is for the good of all, not just for some. And so then, with that definition, the flip side then gives a whole new meaning to being homeless, doesn't it? To being where they don't know your name, where they don't know your story, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations. Reverend Valet says that all human beings, in fact, all God's creatures, need to have a home. To know what is available. Those without a home, those not confronted and forgiven, are probably not in relationship that leads to love and caring. It's important to be home where truth can be spoken and, and should be spoken in love, where no member of the household is shut out or excluded, where no one is a second-class citizen. Now, we know that this is a difficult topic. This is a difficult subject when we talk about home. We wish that all of us grew up in homes like what we described, that all of us even have a home to go back to, like what we've described. Some of us grew up in places other than that. Yes, yeah, some of us had some homes that was, and others were, and then there's in the middle, you know. For me, my home was pretty idyllic. Uh, my first 20 years, although I think I'm a little delusional on some of that when I really <laughs> think about it, because things weren't like they appeared. And then in my early 20s, home blew up. Not literally, but the household. Our home blew up. And then we spent a lot of years of heartbreak. And so we felt homeless because when we returned home, not everybody was there. Hard. That's when our home became the new home for the whole family. For the extended family. The yeah. extended family. Now, I am so grateful that after a lot of years and a lot of forgiveness and a lot of conversation, a lot of the relation, the, the key relationships were restored and um, home took on even a different meaning. God is so good with all that. But here's the thing that I had to learn. I couldn't change what happened. I couldn't make it better for my brothers and sisters. I couldn't do anything. And so what we provided in our, in our hearts and in our care became the new home. But I couldn't change it. I could just make it better for what it was 
in our house, in our home. I know this is so hard for people. I can see, I can see it in your face. But we today can make wherever we're at, whether it's a physical home or even just, you know, relational home, we can make it better from this moment forward, moving ahead. It's up to us. It's up to us. Wherever we find ourselves, we can be welcoming to anybody that needs a home. We can make sure that we know their name and we know their story. It is up to us. Mm. Can't change the past, but can change the present and the future, can't you? You know, it's important for this place, Connection Church, to feel like home. We think it does. We hope it does. But it takes all of us to make that happen. You know, um, we're celebrating 20-year anniversary this year. Isn't that wild? 20 years. Wow. Gosh. I must have only been 20. No, I wasn't. Um, You know, when we started this church, we lived in Seaford. So we moved 60 miles north from Seaford. And it was in July, and our house here wasn't quite finished. And the people at Yule St. Paul were so such a blessing because they were going to do some renovation to their parsonage, but they allowed us, they put that off for six months so we could move in transitionally. We, had, we were there about five months until our house here was done. Oh, I'm sorry, what did I say? You said you St. Paul, but um, I'm just identifying but it, Yeah, it was in Clayton. It was. In Clayton. They, they, what, a, what a wonderful congregation allowed us to do that. And then in December, we ended up moving on up here when our, our house was done. Anyway, two of our children, Devin and Turner, were in school. She was in 10th grade. Uh, she'd be entering 10th, and he was going to be entering 3rd. And so um, they moved into that house in Clayton with us. And then when we started in school in Middletown, uh, they came to Middletown. And so they were able to acclimate a little bit. You know, you make friends at school, and, and then eventually we come up here in December, and they connected in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Um, uh, but our oldest two, you know, it became home. But our oldest two girls, Aaron and Megan, funny, that summer they didn't even live with us because they were going to be working North Wilmington and from Seaford. That was just such a long way, and even from Clayton. So their grandfather lived up there, and he was at the beach all summer, so they, uh, he allowed them to just live in his house up there in North Wilmington all summer. And so when we moved up to Clayton, they weren't with us. Uh, they were with us when we were starting talking about the church, any of that. And then when September got here, they went back to college. Aaron at Temple, Devin at, I mean, Megan at the University of Delaware. Uh, so they weren't really with us when we had, a, we had a room for them in our house here in Middletown, but that wasn't home. For them, home was still Seaford. That's where all their friends were. But even then, it was because now their home wasn't there. You see, they were, well, they were basically homeless. They were homeless. What a tough situation. But um, you, you know what made Middletown home for them? Connection Church. All y'all. That's plural. Y'all is singular. All y'all. That's plural. All y'all made, made this place. You knew their names. You, knew their, you got to know their story. You cared for them. You loved them. You asked them tough questions. You forgave them. You... You did all the things we just talked about. They had a place at the table. There was, there was stuff for them at the table that you shared with them. Thanks to all the folks here at Connection Church, Middletown became home. So much so that 
They both found husbands right here. So did Devin. I mean, all three of our girls found their husbands right here at Connection Church. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I just got to tell you all, you did good work. You did really good work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, you know, the word home in the Bible, it has um, a lot, 242 times in the Bible. That's pretty significant. In Genesis, first book of the Bible, in chapter 24, Abraham wanted to get a wife for his son Isaac, so he sent his uh, senior servant, Eliezer, back home to bring back a wife for his son. He wanted Eliezer to go back home where everybody knew uh, his name and the story, and so they would bring back someone from home. Mm. We talked about last week where later on in the scripture, um, uh, Moses sent a spy group over into the promised land to check it out, and, 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 and 10 of the 12 spies they're scared to death. These guys are too big for us. And, and as a result of that, God said, you'll wander in the desert for 40 years until all those guys are dead. You, you, you didn't have the faith. But Joshua and Caleb, they're the spies that came back and said, we can do this. With God's help, we can do this. So God allowed them to cross the Jordan River. And then they moved into the promised land, and it became home. He came home. A guy named King Nebuchadnezzar, he defeated the Hebrews, he overtook Judah, he besieged Jerusalem, and exiled the best and the brightest to Babylon. Can you imagine? All these Hebrews were deported out of their land to a strange and foreign land, far, far, far from home. And this caused so much anguish mm -hmm. for those who were now homeless. Now, for the most part, the Babylonians were successful in really messing with the Hebrew people. Here's a psalm of lament. Lament means sorrow, grief. And so this is a psalm of lament that shares the depth of their sorrow from not being home. Now, from the standpoint of this is someone in Babylon. Yeah. Uh, thinking back, this is Psalm 137, New International Version. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. Zion is Jerusalem, the homeland, God's country. There on the poplars, we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? They, they, they thought they were removed from God. God was back in Jerusalem. How could they sing songs when they were so far removed from their Lord? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell? Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction, happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Can you hear the, not just uh, sorrow, but almost anger here, the desire for revenge. And especially in this last line, oh my gosh, they said, happy is the one 
who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. How uh, absolutely uh, demolished are these people feeling from being so far from home? Some of you might be feeling displaced or homeless, maybe literally, maybe it's just what's going on, the situation in your life, and maybe this feels like what you would want to say, like, how can we sing the songs of Zion? How can we feel joy when we are in this situation, when we're in this place? How can we sing songs of celebration while living in this foreign land? For the Hebrews, they were completely devastated. They were emotionally devastated, psychologically devastated, and they were spiritually beat down. Y'all know how that feels, don't you? I do. Spiritually beat down. They were beat down because of the captivity, of their captivity in Babylon. Here's the thing we always must remember, and that is that our home here on earth, no matter how many years we spend there, and no matter how wonderful it may be, it's only temporary at best. It's only temporary at best because our ultimate home, our forever home, our eternal home is with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's not in the here and now, but it's in the there and then. It's not in the earth. It's not an earthly home, but it's our heavenly home. In his last days, Jesus uh, preparing his disciples for life with him, not physically there. He, he, he wanted to give them a picture of, of what was to come, offering them some comfort, preparing them for the new home they had to look forward to. This is what he says to them in John, and John was one of his followers who then wrote the gospel about Jesus' life and what he did and what he said. And then John 14, chapter 14, 1 through 3, this is the New International Version. He said this to his disciples, he said, and, and in so doing, he's saying this with us as well. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have come, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Wow. Good news. <laughs> I love that scripture. So there's a group, I'm going to say this group's name, and I want to know who's heard of them, because it's a long time ago. <laughs> Audio Adrenaline. Woo! Whoa, okay. You got a woo out of there. There right. you go. So maybe you can help me sing the song. Hello. That It wasn't that much of a woo. That they wrote, when they looked at the scripture, John 14, they took this passage and they expanded on it and they expounded on it and they wrote this, this is their version. Big house. Come, yeah, big house. Come and go with me to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house is a big, big house with lots and lots of room, a big, big table with lots and lots of food, a big, big yard where we can play football. That's right. You know the song. 
A big, big house. This is my father's house. You did a good job, yeah. Uh, it was fun, but that is like so 20 years ago or At more. the end of the service, they're going to play this on your way out. If you've never yeah. heard it before, you'll be able to hear audio A doing that job. I love the picture that thing paints. I love the picture. Now, I know some of you might be saying, really, football? I don't know, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. I know one thing, though. I know one thing, it'll be a place where everyone will know your name. If they know your name, they're going to know your story. And, and, and you'll be forgiven and you'll be loved. I can guarantee that. That's, that's for sure because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> I know that. And, and that big, big table, there will be a place for every one of us at it. That's, that's a big honking table. But it's going to be big enough. And I don't know what we eat in heaven. I know what I'd like it to be, but I, I don't know what it is. Um, Spaghetti. One could only hope. But I know there's going to be plenty of it, whatever it is that we're feasting on in heaven. There's going to be plenty for everybody. You know, um, and it's going to be shared. We're all going to have a, a place and plenty to, to live on. You know, uh, Jesus says, um, refers to it as his father's house. But we know it's much more than a house, don't we? We know it's home. It's home. God's home, your home, my home. Something to keep in mind, uh, no matter how challenging things get in the day-to-day, and they do get challenged in the here and now, no matter how difficult and challenging life here on earth might get, don't ever forget, ultimately, we're going home. We are going home. In the book of Revelation, that's at the very end of the Bible, it's a book that tells us about end times and what, what it will look like. It was written by John. John is the same uh, John that walked with Jesus and um, in the life and ministry of Jesus. And John gets a vision from God about what is to come. Near the end, he's given this picture of a new heaven and a new earth. Now, he doesn't exactly use the word home, but it sure does feel like home. Mm. when we read this passage. Revelation 21, 1 through 4, next to the last chapter. This is just a cool picture. I love this picture. This is what John shares of this vision he's been given. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Actually, he's quoting Isaiah from the Old Testament. Saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. Yeah. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Say the rest with me. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things had passed away. Isn't that just a glorious, glorious picture? Oh, my God. God's dwelling place, his home among his people. 
wiping away every tear from our eyes. No more death, no more mourning, no more pain. No more emotional pain, psychological, psychological pain, no more physical pain. No more pain. The old order has passed away. The new has come. Now that sounds like home, the kind of home I want to be in. The kind of home that is promised to those of us who love the Lord with all of our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength. That's the kind of home that I want to spend eternity in. How about you? Hmm. How about you? You know, home, it's a, it's a place, but it's so much more than a place. It's a way of doing things. It's a way of living our lives, of treating others, caring, sharing, and daring. As we said before, none of us really had control of the places we came out of. But we sure have something to say about the places we are and the places we're going. Amen. It's up to us to make a home of wherever we are, who we are, who we're with. What do you say? What do you say? It's up to us to see that Connection Community Church continues to be home. Not only for those here, but for the hundreds. Let's make that thousands who aren't here yet, but who are coming. Who, who we're going to invite, you and me, and our kids and their kids. Yeah. Walk through that door. Connect with Jesus and the new life he offers. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> and it's up to us in our homes to open ourselves up to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> to accept his offer of unconditional love and forgiveness, his, his gift of death on the cross, paying your sins and mine, a, de a debt too great for any of us to handle. It's up to us to invite him into a personal relationship, into our home, into our, the home of ourselves, to give our lives to him so that he can give us new life, free and forgiven so that we can walk with him through eternity in that big, big house that we talked about a few minutes ago. God's house. To live our best lives through him. What do you say? What do you say? I believe that's the good news. What do you think? Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, uh, home. I pray that each one here would open their hearts so that you can take residence in their, in their soul, that they would become home for you. Lord, we thank you for this home, Connection Community Church. We thank you for our ultimate home with you, new heaven, new earth. You come to us as you did 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I... I just pray that, uh, that here on earth we can, we can create homes wherever we are, where uh, 
where we know everybody's name, where we know their story, where we've got a place for them at our table. No matter what they look like, no matter who they are, where they come from. Because we know in, in your kingdom, that's what home's all about. We celebrate you, praise you, glorify your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everyone here this morning said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.